I'm Mia Jamis. And I'm Dylan Walker. You're listening to Our Dads. Talk about paint. Yeah, paint. It's so exciting, don't you think? No. Yeah, I don't know why people listen to this. Me either. Please, please listen. Please, so we don't have to. Welcome to another edition of the Carbolang Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the Director of Tech Service, Paula Jamis. And Paul, I think we learned a whole new way to torture our children this week. We sure did. It was a lot of fun bringing them in here and making them listen and see what we do. They really hated listening to their own voices. That was Emmy's biggest complaint. She says, Dad, I hate the sound of my voice. And I don't know about you, but Dylan, anytime I play the podcast in the car and... He just dead stares me in the face like, Dad, what what are you making me listen to? Oh, Emmy is as fast as she can trying to override my podcast player or change the radio station, trying to do anything. <laughs> so their, their pleads are real. <laughs> they sure are. Before we get into the next part of our lining series, Paul, tell them how to get a hold of us. You can reach us at technicalservice at carboline.com. You can also reach us on Twitter. Jack is at Jack underscore ctsp and i'm at paul underscore ctsp all right so now we're to the part that nobody ever wants to talk about (laughs) the dreaded failures of your lining systems so this really is the part that that tech service really comes through where where we have to work with people a lot on this topic because it's not something that you talk about ahead of time it's not something people typically plan for and it's not something that's well understood So we have to work through a lot of investigations. We're like our own little CSI group up here where we try to figure out what happened that caused these failures. And usually we have to look at them to see what's it look like? What type of failure was it? You know, what were the conditions during application? And we try to put a whole picture together to see what made this failure happen. You know, one of the things that we're going to kind of breeze over really quickly And you do see as a more common form of failure is something related to the application of the material. Whether the material was mismixed, uh, applied off ratio, past its pot life, recoat window, or maybe they didn't do enough surface prep. Those things are all pretty easy answers as far as lining failure and There's not a whole lot of science to them other than the things that we've covered before about profile being important to service life. We kind of talked about that in episode one. So we don't really want to focus on the application side of failure in this particular episode. No, we're going to look at some of the other things that go a little deeper to the chemical process that's actually happening that causes some of these because you end up with a few different things and and some of the ones and and we're not going to get real deep into them right now is some things like sometimes you just have the wrong lining choice and you end up with a chemical attack where the commodity that's in that tank and the lining that's on it just weren't compatible and and the the chemical attacks it which is why it's ever more important to consult your coating manufacturer or you know us about your lining recommendation prior to putting it into service. It really is. And if we are able to talk with you, like we talked about in episode one, all of those questions that we can find out at the beginning will help prevent this from happening at the end. Um, sometimes you get effects from dissimilar metals. Um, and that's another thing we're, we're not going to get into very much right now. Um, it's just something that happens from time to time, and it will cause premature failure. So now we kind of want to shift focus and move over to and talk about the different phenomenon that cause blistering in your lining system. Generically speaking, 
we see blisters all kind of look the same when you look at them on the surface. It's a blister. It's where the paint is not tightly adherent to the substrate. And the name is not all that creative. It looks just like a blister you would get on your foot or yeah. your, your hand or anywhere you would get a blister. Right, right. And they're typically the thickness of the paint. It's where the paint has totally come off the substrate. Usually we work with steel tanks, but it happens in, in concrete tanks as well. It could happen in something if you were doing a fiberglass or a plastic tank, you can get those blisters as well. Most of the time in a lining failure, you will find that the commodity is actually behind that blister in between the lining and the steel. That's a common way to see it, primarily because like we talked about before, that osmosis process is because the linings are somewhat permeable, you're going to get a transfer that goes through the coating system. And what happens is they get on the backside of the coating and now all of a sudden they hit something, the tank wall, that has a very different permeability rate. And it virtually stops it there and it has nowhere to go. So it pushes the lining off of the steel, creating that blister. So let's talk a little bit about some of the factors that can cause the commodity to transfer through the lining via osmosis. One of the things, and, and we'll get this one out of the way first, I think, is when we look at putting a lining into service too early in its cure process. And that could be that it was just filled too quickly. It could be that there wasn't proper ventilation on the tank before the, the, the commodity was put in there. What you see is a mass display of very small blisters. They're usually a little bit discolored. They take on a little bit of a whitish hue to them frequently, but they're real small, typically the size of a quarter-ish, and you see them uniformly throughout the tank. And that's a good sign that there was still solvent in that coating or that coating hadn't fully developed its matrix. And it allowed for large areas of the commodity to permeate through and it got behind it. And once it got back there, more was trying to push in It holds it in place and it creates just uniform blisters across the whole thing. So those uniform small blisters resembling like a teenager's face full of zits. (laughs) That does do it. Another thing that could cause osmotic blistering is soluble salts on the surface of the tank. Now, we said we weren't going to talk about surface prep necessarily being a failure, but we meant it more in regards to proper blast profile. Soluble salts on the surface can cause the osmotic blistering to happen much more rapidly than if there weren't salts on the surface. That's right, Jack. And what the process that's happening there is the salts are attracting moisture. And what they're going to do is they're going to pull that moisture through the coating to get down to that salt level. The salt's going to dissolve in the moisture and then it expands. And as it expands, it creates a bigger gap and more moisture is drawn in. And those are typically those blisters that you see that have a tendency to get really big. They'll start out small and they grow and grow and grow as more water gets in behind it. And typically what you'll see is, for lack of a better term, it's a salt water that's behind it. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of talk and a lot of discussions around the, the industry. And some of the things that we look at are chlorides, sulfates, and nitrates are some of the big three that caused these osmotic blisters to happen due to soluble salts. And the limits have actually been quite controversial. I mean, I know there's a committee that's a NACE committee that has yet to actually reach an agreement on acceptable levels. It sure is. And one of the things that they look at is, you know, what is the propensity 
for this to actually cause a problem. Because these are problems not just in linings, but this is for atmospheric exposure. These can cause the same salt-related osmotic blisters. Sure, and the service can drive the acceptable levels in addition to the coating itself, so the coating type. So trying to come up with acceptable levels that are universal is kind of hard. You know, there's so many different factors that weigh into whether or not this causes a problem. Right. And you also can't disregard temperature. You know, the hotter it is, the more accelerated that process is going to be. And that's true for atmospheric or immersion services. We're not necessarily going to get into the exact numbers today because they do vary. And it's really best to get the recommendation for your individual job or service. That's right. You want to talk to somebody about what the environment is and talk to your your tech support team and ask them, hey, what's going to be my safe? Because everybody's going to have a, a low risk and a high risk kind of area to look at. Another form of blistering that you see in tank linings uh, that doesn't get talked about as much is the cold wall effect. And this one's kind of huge. This is, you know, if you have hot storage commodity and cold weather on the outside of the tank, the hot commodity is moving around rapidly and is trying to move towards the cold air on the outside of the tank. Yeah. If you remember from the first part of this one, Bill was telling us about how all of these solutions are trying to reach an equilibrium. So that warm commodity inside wants to be the same temperature as the stuff outside as it decreases in energy. And this happens in situations not just in cold weather, because usually we look at a difference of somewhere around 50 to 70 degrees differential as being where that risk starts to get really high. So it's possible to have a 200 degree solution inside a tank and you could be in Texas and that's still, you know, you might have 110 outside, but that's a difference of 90 degrees and you can get cold wall effect with that differential and there's nothing cold there. Correct. As those molecules that are that are hot in the commodity try to reach equilibrium, they actually go towards the steel that is colder and trying to warm the steel up or cool itself down, however you look at it. But then they pass through the coating and once they pass through the coating, they create pressure behind it, causing blistering. Right. It's a it's a similar thing to what we talked about, too, that said now that wall doesn't allow it to go any further and the pressure coming from the hot side is greater than the return pressure from the cold side. And it causes it to just stack up in that spot. Usually when we see these cold wall blisters, they frequently start out to be the same as the ones that we would have when we put it into service too early. But the difference is it's not uniform. We'll frequently end up with kind of a spread out patchwork. And I'm waving my hands around. Um, It's kind of like a spread out patchwork of blisters here and there all over the place. So you look at it and at first you say, well, maybe this was put into service too early. And no, as it turns out, you do more investigation, you can find out, well, yeah, this was a hot commodity and there was no insulation on the tank because that is the way that you prevent this is you insulate your tank. That was kind of a quick breeze over on the different things that cause blisters in tank lining service. Next week, we will wrap up our tank lining series. And I think it's been a good one so far. I think it's been very informative and uh, we've gotten really good feedback from you guys. Continue to hit us up at technicalservice at carboline.com and you can reach us on Twitter. At Jack underscore CTSP and I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. Thanks again and we'll see you next Monday. (laughs) 